We're either going to live by faith and live because we have been declared righteous and so therefore we have life now and beyond and we're going to demonstrate that day in and day out by our faith in God and we're going to live or we can be like the others. We can be the puffed up and the proud and the arrogant where it says his greed is what is Sheol and like death he has never has enough. Are you looking for meaning or a word from God that's relevant to your life? Are you searching for a better understanding of who God is? Well, you're in the right place. You found the Gary Talks About God podcast. This is a weekly podcast that comes to you from the pulpit of Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church in Germantown, North Carolina. The podcast is hosted by Red Bank Senior Pastor Gary Sanders. Now let's get ready to take that walk through God's Word with our pastor, teacher, and friend, Hey, he's that guy we call Gary. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 is where we will be this morning. Actually, just the second part of verse 4. Cliff Notes version of how we have gotten to this place, right? Habakkuk comes to God. God, you're ignoring wickedness. You're ignoring unrighteousness. God answers Habakkuk and says, not so fast, but by the way, I've got a plan where if I were to tell you my plan, you would not believe me, which God tells him the plan. I'm going to use a a nation that is wicked and is unrighteous to discipline my chosen people. So Habakkuk responds, you're right, God, I don't believe you. It's a lousy plan. So here's here's what I think about your plan. And, you know, I'm going to sit up here on the wall and I'm going to wait for you to answer me because your plan, God, is, is lousy, and I think you ought to change your mind. So I'm going to wait for you to respond, and then I'm going to argue back with you. Well, chapter 2 is, is God's response, right? We saw that last week where he, he tells Habakkuk that there's going to be an appointed time where the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, they will come and, and they will be judged for their unrighteousness. And we saw that in those five woes. And we, we looked at it and said, by the way, you could apply those five woes and what is going on there to America as well as you look around. But just kind of tucked right in there, where if you weren't careful, and Habakkuk, I, I just kind of imagine that Habakkuk is so... You ever been in one of those conversations where you're not listening you're just waiting to talk again. Y'all know what, you, what I mean? You're, you're not paying attention to what the... You're just, you're, you're just waiting for your turn. You're waiting for that person to... So you can, you know, just even they just stop for a breath. You go, get in. I'm, I'm imagining Habakkuk kind of like that as he's waiting to respond to God. Because when you read God's response in chapter 2, it's just that one verse that is directed towards the righteous. You go through that, and God talks about His plan. He talks about the evil that they're doing, about what's going to happen. But just at the end of verse 4, He just says, But the righteous shall live by faith. And I just, I wonder if Habakkuk, now we got Habakkuk chapter 3 that we haven't got to that tells me that he heard it, but I'm wondering at what point in the dialogue he heard that. I wonder at what point in our conversations with God that we hear it. See, this is one of those Bible verses where we all know, right? There, there, there's certain Bible verses that, that believers, that, that we, just, we just know. 
And we'll quote him. We'll, we'll quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's a good Bible verse. You should know it. But a lot of times, we, when we memorize the Bible verses, we, we memorize the verse, but we fail to take in the context. So you probably could to recite Habakkuk 2.4, but the, the righteous shall live by faith. It's not a particularly long Bible verse. And, and we say that all the time to people, but the, you know, the righteous shall live by faith. But we, we, we forget the context. And the context is Habakkuk's complaint that God is ignoring the righteous. He's ignoring His people. So God, how in the world are we supposed to be righteous and live by faith when you're not paying attention to us? That's a whole different context, isn't it? Than just us walking down the street when everything is good, well, the righteous will live by faith. It is easy to live by faith when everything is going well. Primarily because in those moments, I would imagine that's when our faith is the smallest because things are going well. We can see what we were doing. I did a good job at the job, and I'm doing this, and things are going well. It's easy at that moment to live by faith. We're walking down the street all happy, but the righteous shall live by faith. But take that and, and look around in your life at a point in time where everything that is, is just upside down. And in that upside down, you feel that you're being assailed from all sides, that the, the wicked are prospering, they're directing it towards you, they're, you know, they're, they're coming at you, and then you're having this conversation with God, and God's saying, yeah, and I'm going to use some more wicked people in your life to do some other things, and by the way, you're going to be, remember Habakkuk says, we're just going to be like fish that's going to be pulled up out of the, the sea and slaughtered. And, and God says, hey, but live by faith. Okay, God, absolutely, because it's going so well at the moment, which is why I'm perched on the wall having this conversation with you, right? I mean, I imagine that's what Habakkuk is thinking in large because I don't know about you, that's what I've thought before. And in the midst of all this, God just says, hey, the righteous shall live by faith. What in the world does that mean? Because there's more to it than I think we understand. And for us to fully understand it this morning, we need to look at the three big words in that sentence. Righteous, live, and faith. And we've got to start with righteous. And we need to understand that righteousness is a declaration by the Lord. That, that's where we have to start. Righteousness is a declaration by the Lord. And we need to understand that when we hear that, especially in the Old Testament context, it is the idea of judicial standing. Okay? It, it, is, a, it is a judicial word. Israel was a covenant people, right? They had to, to live by the covenant. They, they, they were swore to this covenant. Remember, they're going into the promised land, and they're standing on the mountains shouting down blessings and curses, and God's saying, you're going to live by this covenant. If you live by this covenant, then you will live long in the land, and you will prosper. So part of living by the covenant was obeying God, obeying the law that was given to them. 
And you go back and you read the Old Testament and you see all the laws. And when you see that a person can't do this or shouldn't do this, or, and then you would read that, what the punishment was. So if you killed somebody's donkey, then you had to give them another donkey. But in the context of living in Israel, what would happen is you would go before a judge and say, hey, so-and-so killed my donkey. And the earthly judge would say, okay, so-and-so needs to give you a new donkey. But the only way that the earthly judge could make that pronouncement was because God had already said it. The judge wasn't just deciding to do what the judge wanted to do. The judge was, was basically adjudicating based on what God had already said. So in that context, who is the judge? Is the earthly judge the judge or is God the judge? God is the judge. He is the one that could make it and say, go give him another donkey. So what does this have to do with righteousness, you might say? Well, righteousness in the Old Testament then becomes a moral declaration made by God as well as judge because God can make that declaration. He is the only one to do it. Just as no earthly judge could say, pay him a donkey based on the judge's own authority, the authority behind that was God. God is the one that can make somebody righteous. Only the Lord can do that. There is no one out there who can stand before God as He sits on His throne and be found not guilty. We can't wander into God's throne room just as myself, hey God, I'm here and, and I'm not guilty. Oh yeah? Hmm. I think that you are. So how, how, how do we become righteous? Romans 1, 16-17. And Habakkuk 2.4, and we're going to be there this morning, is quoted in three very important passages in the New Testament. Romans 1.16-17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So we come here, and what we read, and, and this is, now, now we'll get back to Habakkuk in a minute to see this. This is really amazing. Paul writes that the gospel is the revelation of the righteousness of God. That God then can look and make somebody righteous. What is Habakkuk's complaint? That God is not being what? He's not being righteous because he's allowing the wicked to prosper. Do you see why Habakkuk is having a hard time with this? God is the one that can declare people righteous, but at the same time, Habakkuk is going, how, God, can you declare me to be righteous when you're not acting in a righteous manner? Because if God's not acting in a righteous manner, we would say that God was being what? unrighteous. If I'm not telling the truth, you would, you would say that I'm being a liar. That's the complaint that Habakkuk is making. But what we see ultimately, even in, in, in Habakkuk, is that God is the one that can declare somebody righteous. So when God looks at Habakkuk and says, the righteous shall live by faith, God is reminding Habakkuk that he and he alone has the ability to declare someone 
righteous. Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. There it is. God having the ability to do that, and God is the only one. Now, for us today on this side of the cross, what that means for us is that God imputes to us, the sinner, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, so now we can be declared righteous. But again, it's nothing that we did. And what should overwhelm us is that when God declares us righteousness, the only righteousness that He can give us is His. He puts His righteousness in us which is why we then can stand before Him, because we stand before the righteous God in His righteousness. Otherwise, we can't stand before Him. And as Paul writes, it's from faith to faith, or faith from faith for faith, from the beginning to the end. The declaration of righteousness and the sustaining righteousness, uh, the state of righteousness, and the culminating state of righteousness at the end is all from God. All right, I think we looked at it this, this past week in the psalm, did we not, about making it to the end and, and making it clear that the only way that we can make it to the end is because we have an external power source, meaning God, who gives us what we need to make it to the end. So here is God telling Habakkuk telling us that he has and he alone has the ability to declare somebody righteous. And then Paul picks up on it and says, absolutely, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. And for that reason, I'm not ashamed of it because only the gospel, only the declaration by God can turn an unrighteous sinner into a righteous saint. I know we don't like to think about it, but do you remember when you used to be an unrighteous sinner? I mean, we try to put that in our past, and I understand that, but one day we were, and then the gospel and the power of the gospel came into our lives, and we went immediately from unrighteous sinner to righteous saint, and you didn't do anything because it was God who declared you to be righteous. So God looks at Habakkuk, looks at us and says, you can do this because you're righteous because I declared you to be. But then secondly, life is given to the righteous. Right? Life is given to the righteous. We need to remember that what Habakkuk is concerned about Yes, it is God's righteousness. He is concerned about that. But flowing from that with the Babylonians coming in, Habakkuk is concerned that he wants to live. He doesn't want to die. And so he's looking at God and he's saying, if the Babylonians come in, hook everybody in the lip. Remember what we talked about? The, The brutality of the Babylonians took them out of the land, down to Babylon, slaughtered a lot of the people, came back, threw their net over, did it all again. How are we going to not just live day to day? How are we going to live and not be dead? 
because they're coming in to slaughter us. God, how am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to, to, to live up to the covenant, to, to be your chosen people? How am I supposed to just live if they're coming to kill me? What, what, am, I, what am I supposed to do? Well, tucked into the rest of God's answer, if you, if you remember that, was not that the wicked are going to live. Right? Those, those five woes made it clear that the wicked were under God's judgment and they would be condemned for it. Remember talking about bringing down the, the, the strongholds, the fortresses on their heads. Hey, you were, you, you were the plunderers. You're about to be the plundered. The whole point in, in those woes were, Habakkuk, I see, I know. There's coming an appointed time. The problem is too many of Habakkuk's fellow citizens were trusting the wrong thing to give them life. And we do the same thing. We, we trust in the wrong thing. And we think that in, in, in some way, we would, we would never admit this, but we, I think sometimes on a deeper level, we think that the Christian life is kind of like rubbing the genie out of the bottle. That if we rub, rub it out and then follow the instructions of the genie, we're going to have a great life. It's going to be easy. We're going to live for a long time and be prosperous. Now, for, for the Jewish people, that magical genie was the law. Galatians chapter 3, verses 10 through 14, Paul again is writing. And he says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is anyone who is hanged on the tree." So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So what the, Isra the, the Israelites are trusting in to keep them alive is the law. They're trusting in the external. They're trusting in their works. And they're thinking, if we can just do this, then we're going to be live. We're going to live. But the problem is they can't keep the law. They can't obey the Ten Commandments. And therefore, they're cursed. And in the Bible, if you are cursed, being cursed leads to death. So they're going to die. God, how are we going to live? How, how are we going to exist? How are we going to survive? God comes to Habakkuk and says, the, the, the righteous will live. How? How? Because you got to put your faith in the right thing, Habakkuk. Your, your faith and those around you, you're, you're counting on the wrong things. 
counting on the strength of their walls, counting on the strength of their army, counting on their own strength to fulfill the law. And God says to us, and he, he says it in Galatians, he says, if that's what you're counting on, and you can replace law with any external, I'm good enough, I go to church enough, I pray enough, I read my Bible enough, I give enough, I go on missions enough, 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 I, I do all this. You're cursed. And in the end, if you try to live a life of faith in your own, trusting in what you could do, then you're as bad as the Babylonians and you stand as condemned and judged as the Babylonians. But Gary, I didn't invade anybody. and Well, okay, good for you. I'm glad you didn't. I'm not mean and cruel like they are. Remember that time you hit your brother? How about that time uh, maybe you took something that wasn't yours? But that's not the same. It is. Yes, different sins have, have different impacts and have different earthly punishments. I will never say to you that stealing a pencil is, is the same as murdering somebody. But at the same time, they're equal because you just transgressed a holy God and you now stand condemned. You now stand cursed. And what that means is you're going to die. You're going to be judged. If you want to live, then you have got to put your faith in the right place. And the faith in your right place, Habakkuk, the faith in the right place for us today is to make sure it is placed in God who declares us righteous so that we can live. And I don't mean, and we're going to get to how we live in our daily life, but right now Habakkuk is just worried about living. How are we going to not die? It comes on placing our faith and trust in Christ, in Christ alone. Galatians 5.1 For freedom Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit to the very things that are pulling you down and going to kill you and going to find you accursed and wicked and stand before God's judgment so that you won't live. Habakkuk wants to live. And not just here and now, Habakkuk wants to live beyond his time on earth. We all do. None of us wants to think that the, our life ends over here in the graveyard. So the only way then to live beyond the grave is to be declared righteous by God who will give you life. Remember Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Right? They're having that, that, that whole conversation. And Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. Habakkuk, there's coming a time where the wicked and the unrighteous will be judged and they will be condemned and that they will, at the appointed time, it will be their end. But Habakkuk, if you are declared righteous, 
there is coming an appointed time where it's not the end. Though you may die, yet you will live. You will have life beyond this grave because you have been justified. And since I am the God of the living, not of the God of the dead, you will live too. And again, we see that life is given to the righteous and it is given to us again by God. But then finally, God says, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith is righteousness displayed. Faith is righteousness displayed. How do we do it? How how, how do you live by faith day in and day out? I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to raise my hand. You don't have to. Faith ever become a drag to you? Where it's just it's it's just hard. <laughs> it would be so much easier to take the shortcut, would it not? It, it would just it just it, it's hard. You you're presented with with a situation, and, and and you hear all of a sudden in the back of your head, well, what would Jesus do? I don't know. I'm not Jesus, right? And it's just back here. Okay. So what that means is the Holy Spirit is talking to me and I've got to live by faith now. So in this situation, how do I live by faith? And you start thinking and you figure it out. It's going to be hard. I don't want to do that. If I, just, if I take the off-ramp and go this way, it'll be so much easier. Well, no, I can't do that because I'm a Christian and I'm a believer and I've got to live by faith. Right, it, I, I know, I know, I know y'all can't believe your pastor is this ungodly and y'all are so godly. Y'all should be up here and I should be out there. I, I, uh, bless y'all, right? <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's hard. Do you think Habakkuk was having the time of his life? I mean, you think Habakkuk was sitting up on the wall with his little camp stove just cooking. I'm just, I'm just waiting, God. We went to the fair the other day, celebrate my birthday. It's so nice that the fair comes to celebrate me. Um, It was sad this year. The fair was just sad. That's another conversation. We're walking around the midway, and believe me, there was nobody there. There was plenty of social distancing going on. And and there's this one ride called the Sky Flyer. It's basically tandem swings, and, and you sit in it, and... It swings. It swings you around, right? But it raises you up to 50, 75, 100 feet. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sitting there. I'm looking at it. And th- this is where the engineer in me just comes out, all right? I, I'm looking at that. And I'm going, there are so many bolts on there. And there's one guy whose job is to get all the bolts. And then you look around and you see some of the carnival workers and... Um, I think, think that they do that, and they're probably much more talented than we probably give them credit for. But can, can we just say it doesn't inspire great confidence to go and get on that ride? Also, in case you don't know, they also bring in people from the outside who may or may not have ever put the Skyflyer together who's told to go tighten the bolts on the Skyflyer. Folks, I, just, I, I don't have that much faith. I, I, just, I just don't. You know, Billy Bob missed one of the bolts in the seat that I'm sitting in. 
and all of a sudden I am sky flying. I just, I, I just, I don't have the faith to do that. My faith is not strong enough to get in that swing. Sometimes I feel like God is saying, "Gary, you got to get in the swing." And when God, I, I, I can't. And He goes, "Gary, the righteous live by faith." And your faith is in me. The one who created the heavens and the earth. The ones who made the way for you to be justified and saved. The one who gives you life. Have faith in me. It's hard. that's, That's hard. And the writer of Hebrews recognized this. Right? Hebrews chapter 10 says in verse 36, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But... We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Bible trivia question that you know really well. What follows Hebrews chapter 10? Hebrews chapter 11. Where we read, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. And then the writer of Hebrews goes through and going back from the very beginning and we see how Abel lived by faith and we see how Abraham lived by faith and how Noah lived by faith and how David and how Isaac and how Samson and Jephthah and Gideon and Barak. And it says all of these, they they, they live by faith. And we look at those situations and we looked at what's happening and, and we think, well, did, did well, Abel kind of had a difficult life to live by faith, didn't he? He had a brother who really, really didn't like him. Abraham, how did he live? By, he's called out of Chaldeans, everything that he knows. He gets up and he leaves. David, David, the, he was the model of faith and then he was at the bottom. Yeah, I'm not going to look to David for faith. Moses, did he have an easy life? Was it easy for him? Y'all want to spend, hey, y'all want to lead, let's not even go to Old Testament. You want to lead us 40 years through the desert? The situations that they were in was not much more different than the situation that we are in today or how we're supposed to live today, right? It gets to the end of chapter 11, talks about all the great things that happened, and it says, but... You know, they conquered kingdoms, they enforced justice, they obtained promises and stopped the mouth of the lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. And we're like, yeah, women received back, they're dead. And we're going, yeah, I can live that life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats and destitute, afflicted, mistreated of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and mountains and caves. We like the first part a little bit better, don't we? 
I, I never want to be sewn in two, <laughs> even for a magic show. But they live by faith. They live by faith. And I'm not going to give you 10 steps this morning to live by faith. Because in each one of those, there are different situations, different ways that they live by faith. This morning, each one of you needs something right now to live by faith. But when God says the righteous shall live by faith, He means it. That in our lives, day in and day out, what we demonstrate is that our faith is in God. Sometimes it's the small ways. You pray in the morning. You read your Bible. You have an encouraging word for somebody. Sometimes it's the big ways. The world around you is, is, is collapsing. And it's hard and it's difficult and you can't understand what's going on and you've climbed up on your wall and going, God, I don't get it. Because what did he tell Habakkuk? When you go back to Habakkuk chapter 2, where's the 10-step plan? He just says to Habakkuk, the righteous shall live by faith. Because what we see in the rest of chapter 2 is the comparison, is, 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 is the other side. We're either going to live by faith and live because we have been declared righteous and so therefore we have life now and beyond and we're going to demonstrate that day in and day out by our faith in God and we're going to live or we can be like the others. Right? We, we can be the puffed up and the proud and the arrogant where it says his greed is wide as Sheol and, and like death he has never has enough. We, we can be that way. How are we going to live? How are we going to how are you going to choose to live today? Are you going to live by faith? Because you have been declared righteous, and God just says to us, the righteous shall live by faith. Or are you going to try to live your life in your own power, in your own way, and end up finding out, no, I don't really have life this way. All I have is death. Since God gives us the righteousness, He tells us to live he tells us to demonstrate his faith, or our faith in him. Isn't it nice to know that he also gives us one who can help us do that? He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't abandon. He doesn't tell us to go and just figure this out and do it all on your own. What he does tell us is that he is going to send his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He dwells within you and will be in you. The righteous shall live by faith. How do we do that? Because God has placed His Spirit in us 
who will dwell with us and will lead us and guide us. And however you need to live the life of faith right now, God's going to give it to you so that you can. Because God wants to see you live all the way to the end and lay claim to the promise of the life that is beyond this earth. You've been listening to the Gary Talks About God podcast. Are you looking for a church? Well, Red Bank Missionary Baptist Church is a community of believers who exist to glorify God and see transformed lives through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can find us on the web at www.redbankmbc.com. Also, come visit us on Sunday at 8104 Red Bank Road in Germantown, North Carolina. Did you like this podcast? We put one out each and every week, so don't forget to subscribe. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we thank you for listening.